0: There are countless things in the world that we might never be able to explain. Despite technological and scientific developments, and in spite of the sceptics of the planet, some mysteries will never be solved. Plenty of stories around us talk about haunted places, lingering spirits, and evil forces. But it's a very special occasion when one of these unexplainable mysteries that plague people's nightmares actually gets an explanation of some sort, or, at the very least, a name. This story takes place in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the year 2006, at the famous Capitol Theatre. The building itself was very impressive, with beautiful insides and a very rich history. And yet, it's not a secret that some of the history is quite dark full of unanswered questions and increasingly unsettling stories. The theatre was a source of terror for many employees for the better part of the 20th century. There were rumours of intruders, pranksters, and even homeless people hiding in the many disguised spots of the big building. But, more importantly, most of the stories talked about moving shadows, whispered voices unexplainable scares and shocks that could have killed anyone with a weak heart. After more than half a century of mystery and anguish inflicted on the people that frequented the theatre, things finally came to a head at the beginning of the 21st century, when a series of deeply troubling events finally pushed a small group of people to do something about the dangerous secrets that threaten their lives and sanity in the hallways of the Capitol Theatre. Everything started with Officer Morgan Matthews, who was assigned the night shift at the prestigious building. He was meant to make sure the building was always empty, safe and locked for the night. He did his job dutifully and reliably. When new officers were assigned the night shift at the theatre, Officer Matthews trained them, taught them everything they needed to know to keep the theatre safe and worked with them for a week or two until they were firm on their feet and in control of the place. However, Officer Matthews wasn't completely honest. He never told anyone about the very particular challenges of working at the theatre. Since the very first day that he started his job at the Capitol Theatre, Officer Matthews knew one thing for sure. He was never alone. It was the strangest experience of his life and no matter how much sleep he lost trying to figure it out he couldn't understand it but his feelings were as real as anything else but he never felt completely alone in that place in every hallway, in every room behind every door there was something or someone there with him. At first it was nothing but a feeling a vague presence or suspicion, but the incident started right away, and then never stopped. There were voices, whispers, and the occasional muffled scream of agony. There were shadows, silhouettes, and nightmare-inducing visions. There were footsteps, doors slamming shut, lights flickering, and objects falling by themselves. Overall, it was an extremely draining and unsettling situation, and Officer Matthews wasn't sure how much longer he could stand it. One day, someone new was brought to the Capitol Theater, and his presence might not drastically change the condition of the theater, but his experience would eventually help shed some light on the dark clouds hanging over the building. His name was Officer Dave Murphy, He was a young man, passionate about his job, who joined the police force inspired by a childhood dream that became dedication and professionalism. He was eager to learn, and on the first night he arrived at the theatre, he listened attentively to everything Officer Matthews had to say. He could tell right away that it was a special place, a beautiful theatre, and hopefully an easy job. Officer Murphy understood his duties easily. He was meant to walk through every level of the theatre, turning off the lights, locking the doors, and then staying in the control room monitoring the facility over the feed of the surveillance cameras. It was slightly more demanding than expected, and due to the fact that it was a large building with too many nooks and crannies where a trespasser could hide at any time. Plus, there was the fact that once the lights went out, the theatre turned less attractive and welcoming. Especially the basement, which was aptly nicknamed the Catacombs. It was a cold and dark space of long hallways, historical walls, and deep echoes. Still, Officer Murphy went on with a nightly routine as confidently as he could. He dreamed his entire life of being a police officer. He could handle an eerie theatre. The problem was that, unbeknownst to him, as soon as he left the floor of the theatre securely checked, the lights turned on again. The doors creaked open. It all went back to life by itself. It wasn't until Officer Murphy returned to the control room that he realised that there was something deeply wrong going on. He was entirely confident in the fact that he already checked that floor and that there was no reason for the lights to be on and the doors opened. He had to do something about it. With a bad feeling blossoming in his chest, Officer Murphy went down to the floor in question. When he was there, he had the distinct sensation of being observed. It was deeply unsettling. When he noticed the door of the men's bathroom was open, he didn't hesitate to call for backup and Officer Matthew started to run toward him. In the meantime, Officer Murphy got into position, pulled out his gun, and entered the bathroom slowly. He was immediately overcome with goosebumps. The bathroom felt unnaturally cold. It was freezing, and Officer Murphy could feel something malicious, something evil just waiting for him. Officer Matthews finally arrived with his gun in hand and prepared for the worst. The two officers checked the bathroom, but even when the stalls seemed empty, they kicked open the doors to be sure no one could be hiding on top of the toilets. One, two, three. All the stalls were open and completely empty. That left no other places to hide. That meant... They were all alone. That meant that there was a chance Officer Murphy had ruined his first impression at his new job. But most importantly, that meant they had no explanation for the lights and unlocked doors. That small incident wasn't the end of the troubles for Officer Murphy. Additionally, it seemed to put a gap between both officers. Officer Matthews carried his own baggage but he was understandably nervous about putting all the trauma of that work in front of the new officer and scaring him off, making everything worse for him. In the meantime, Officer Murphy was in the process of finding out for himself just how dangerous and mysterious the dark hallways of that old theatre were. Taunted and unsettled by the lights that continued to turn on by themselves and the locked doors that appeared unexplainably unlocked a few minutes earlier, Officer Murphy continued his walk around the building until something changed. This time, it was a sound. It was vague and barely there at first, but in a few seconds it became undeniable. Those were whispers. He could clearly hear someone talking, but it brought chills to his body. Those were nervous, frantic whispers... It sounded like a conversation that was meant to be in private, and yet Officer Murphy's entire job was about making sure there was nobody else there in the theatre with him. Whoever was whispering in the dark corners of the establishment had to be brought to light and promptly kicked out of there. As he followed the disconcerting whispers around the theatre and down the stairs, he realised they were leading him right down to the basement of the Capitol Theatre. The catacombs, he remembered people called them. He understood the choice of words. The place looked unnerving in the dark. Most importantly, it was a dead end. There were no windows and no possible exits to the basement other than the stairs he came from. Whoever was responsible for those noises would be caught. They were all alone in that basement, and this time, Officer Murphy was determined not to fail. However, with every door he checked and every room he found completely empty, Officer Murphy's heart started to race. He was just starting to fear he was going crazy. But then he caught that smell. It was so confusing at first that he didn't identify it. But then it turned seriously overwhelming, and there was no mistaking it. Officer Murphy was smelling smoke. Sour, hot, unpleasant. Filling the basement and his lungs. Except for the fact that there wasn't any actual smoke anywhere around, and no windows from the outside that could bring it in. Exhausted and more confused than he'd ever been in his entire life, Officer Murphy sought counselling from his colleague. This time, As they talked among the embolatic seats of the theatre, Officer Matthews opened up to Murphy. He went all out. He confessed to experiencing similar things almost every single night during the entire time he worked there. The whispers, the smell of smoke, the slamming doors in the dark. All of it. For both officers, it was a sort of relief to know they weren't crazy but they had to agree to do something about it. The next step was to bring in a professional, who also happened to be a good friend of Officer Murphy. His name was Greg Gittins, who agreed to visit the theatre, even though the pair of officers decided not to tell him anything about the terrifying things they had been experiencing. Greg was a person with a gift. For his entire life he had been able to see things that most people couldn't, feel imperceptible manifestations and appearances that defied what most people could understand about life, death, and whatever is beyond our world. As soon as Greg Gittens enters the Capitol Theatre, he's overwhelmed by all the things he feels emanating between those historic walls. They are not alone in that place, that much he can tell. In fact, that whole building feels so... Crowded. He feels compelled to blurt out just, this place is haunted. But it's more complicated than that. The officers gave him an extensive tour that finally brings them to the basement, where everything immediately takes a much more sinister turn. As they walk the length of the basement hallway, the three men notice something very strange. One of the doors that was supposed to be locked was open a few inches, something that not a simple breeze could have done. But when they approach it slowly, before they even get there, the door slams violently shut. It startles the three of them, but not as much as what happened next. In front of their very eyes the doorknob started to rattle. Not gently at all, it was desperate aggressive movement that very nearly pulled the entire door off its hinges. It was a comfort to confirm that the three of them were seeing the same manifestation of something unexplainable. Neither of them was making things up. But when the rattling stopped and the officers kicked the door open and found the room beyond completely empty, there was no comfort to be found. And they weren't even done Further down the hallway, they felt the atmosphere around them starting to warm up. By now the officers knew what to expect. There it was, that sickening and unaccountable smell of smoke. Greg Gittings could smell it too, but he reacted in a different way. It seemed he was following that smell into one of the rooms. He asked the officers Has there ever been a fire in here? But neither of them had an answer to his question. Not that it mattered much at the moment, because the next thing they knew, Greg was gasping and pointing at a corner of the room they were in. There's a man there, Greg said, and as it turned out, the officers would end up wishing Greg had been right. That would have been better. That would have been less utterly terrifying. But as a matter of fact, there was absolutely no other living person in that room. Look, they're in the corner. There's a man there, Greg insisted. But the officers, unsettled and trembling as they were, swore that they couldn't see him. They couldn't see another man there with them at all. That whole experience was terrifying. But at the very least, it confirmed without a doubt that the two officers hadn't lost their minds. Something strange and unexplainable was happening at the Capitol Theatre. They hadn't imagined it, and others could see it too. But the worst was yet to come. Not too long after Greg's visit, Officer Matthews was seated in the control room of the theatre, looking at the footage from the security cameras. The entire building was in the dark, with all the lights off, but the infrared cameras allowed them to see it all almost as clearly as he would with the lights on. For safety reasons, this would have been a good thing anywhere else, but in that cursed place, that technological feature would prove to be the last straw for Officer Matthews. At first, he thought he was imagining it. There was no way somebody could have gotten in the theatre and taken a seat in the middle of one of the rows in front of the stage. And yet, Officer Matthews saw that man clearly. It was a human silhouette, a tall man wearing some sort of dark hood, completely still and relaxed as if he'd been watching a play on the stage. Officer Matthews studied him closely trying to determine the best course of action to catch the trespasser. But he waited a moment too long. He was still looking intently into the screen when it happened. The man flung himself out of the chair. His entire body flew at light speed directly toward the camera. It all happened so quickly, so real, so horribly. Officer Matthew screamed, stumbled backward, and started crying. It was the most terrible vision imaginable. He thought he would never be able to forget those glowing red eyes, that charred skin, that malicious grimace imprinted on the undead face staring at him through the screen. He couldn't take it anymore. He refused to share his space with something so demonic. He quit his job at the theater the very next day. Since then, Officer Murphy had to face the horrors of the Capitol Theatre by himself. Two more incidents would lead him to a final revelation. First, there was one night when he was completely alone in that deceiving building. He was doing his rounds along the several floors, when he heard it. Music. There was a strange kind of ragtime melody playing from somewhere in the theatre. That was new officer murphy thought and he couldn't come up with a plausible explanation of any kind all he could really do was follow the music and hope that this time he could catch an intruder of flesh and bone that he could arrest and move on with his life and yet a painful pressure on his chest warned him that this wasn't the case he finally reached the floor where the music was coming from his heart was racing His hands gripped his gun tightly, and when he rounded the corner, there was the piano. But the music stopped, and there was nobody around that could have possibly been playing. Officer Murphy made sure of it. But the worst part, by far, was when he approached the old piano to close and lock the lid, and it violently slammed shut a second before he could even touch it. Not too long later, Officer Murphy was assigned a new officer to train for the job at the Capitol Theatre. This was Officer Josh Thomas, who had no idea what he was getting himself into, but he would soon find out. During Officer Thomas's first night at the theatre, Officer Murphy guided him through a tour, but when they reached the stage, a strange noise alarmed them and prompted them to split up to try and figure out what it was. Officer Murphy had a bad feeling, but nothing as bad as when he heard Officer Thomas say, What did you say? That was strange. Officer Murphy hadn't said a thing. Officer Thomas was nervous, convinced that he had heard the other man speaking. He had heard some strange whispers he was sure of it, and he was growing increasingly nervous. But then, all at once, he stopped. Officer Murphy moved closer, concerned about the shocked look on the other man's face. Officer Thomas raised his hand slowly, pointed to a spot behind Officer Murphy, and quietly said, There's a man behind you. A man in the mirror, with a burnt face. The tension in the air was suffocating. Officer Thomas was frozen in place and on the verge of tears. Officer Murphy moved slowly, turned around as slowly as he could, but there was nothing. It was gone. Once again, the truth eluded him, but this time he had had enough. There were too many coincidences And this time, Officer Murphy decided to do something about it. He started interviewing employees at the theatre, asking for information regarding any supernatural events in there. But everyone was reluctant to talk. Everyone, except for one employee that told him to look for Doug Morgan. It wasn't easy, but Officer Murphy finally reached Doug Morgan, who welcomed him into his house and was generous enough to share not just all his experiences working on the Capitol Theatre for most of his life, but finally, the truth of the events. According to Doug Morgan, who had just started working at the Capitol Theatre as an usher in 1948 and matching the stories printed in the newspapers, that year there was a terrible fire a real catastrophic tragedy that attacked the building filled with people that night. And, among the victims, one name stood out, Richard Duffin. He was also an usher, but when the fire broke out and when it was obvious that not everyone managed to make it out of the building, Richard went back in. He entered the theatre, he went down to the basement, and he never made it out. The smoke, the fire, the frenzy, and the confusion. It was a raging fire that ate Richard Duffin alive. But since then, he never really left the Capitol Theatre. And perhaps he never would. This story was written by Danny Rahel Nieto and narrated by me, James Deverell. Thank you for listening to this story. If you enjoyed my storytelling, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more Tales of High Strangeness. I started this podcast off the back of my YouTube channel by the same name, which formerly went by Mr. Sinister. You can check out my older stories, which are still available on that channel. For short-form content, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook via the handle at Tales of High Strangeness. For exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content, plus more, check out my Patreon account. If you, or anyone else you know, has a story about anything related to high strangeness, please reach out to me with a brief description to stories at daredevil.com. I don't need you to write the whole story, so you don't need to worry about being an English major. We'll be doing all the writing. You'll just need to be willing to jump on a call with me so we can have a chat, and I can get the whole story.